Blog Talk Radio. What's going on, folks? It's time to talk about it. Your boy, Long Beach Joe, is back. I'm hyped. I'm ready to go. Jets, Patriots, Monday night. Boy, oh boy. All right. We are 0 and 8. They are 2 and 5. We are fighting, man. We are fighting. You know, I know there's a lot of people out there that believe that this team is going to lose every single game of the season. I don't think, you know, I don't think we want to be that team. I don't think we want to be that team that loses every single game. No, it cannot be us. We've got to go out there and do anything that we can to fight. And, you know, we're going to be without Sam because he's not playing. Flacco's going to get the start. Sam's out due to his shoulder. So we're going to see what happens. We're going to see what this team puts together. But before we get into it, I'm the man of the people. I'm here for the people. Let me shamelessly promote my Facebook page. Everyone go on Facebook, search The Long Beach Joe Show. Like that page. My content's up there. Go ahead and give it a listen. Message me. I'll message you right back. I love going back and forth with folks about this football team. Also, leave me some feedback. I love hearing about what you folks think I do here on The Long Beach Joe Show. So without further ado, folks, let's go ahead and get into the show. I am fired up. Listen, folks. Listen. It is time to get into it, okay? This team right now fighting, trying its best, you know, to get into the win column. They at least, you know, trying to get their first win in the season. We're trying to do whatever we can. We all know Sam Darnold not going to be playing his game, still dealing with a shoulder injury, uh, still trying to, you know what I'm saying, figure that out. I'm actually glad that they did not start Sam because, again, we've seen in the past that caused issues. We saw that when they started Becton before, uh, you know, <laughs> that costed him time because he came in, re-injured that shoulder, you know, caused some aggravation to the injury, and they actually ended up sitting him and, you know, missed missed some time there. We really, you know, could have really have made it even worse than what it was. Uh, but they were very smart with Sam this week. Shoulders jacked up, no need for him to play, so now he's on the bench. So now, again, we're looking at Flacco being the starter here. And let me tell you, <laughs> This, this coaching staff, this team, no excuses. Injuries happen in this league. You cannot sit around and just, you know, boo-hoo and cry about it. We've got to move forward. And this staff, particularly Daryl Loggins, because now he's the play caller, Daryl Loggins, Adam Gaze, they better have a game plan prepared to go out there against New England Patriots and look competitive and fight. Because, there, again, there's no excuses. Injuries happen. But before we get into the game, before we get there, uh, you know, we always love to have people come on and talk about charitable, charitable organizations on this show. We love to impact our community. So with Thanksgiving right around the corner, all the things that we have going on there, we're going to have Mary O'Connell come on from the Community Food Bank of New Jersey. She's going to talk to us a little bit about what they do there at the Community Food Bank and how they impact the community. So, Mary, I want to thank you for coming on the Long Beach Joe Show. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well, Joe. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, Mary. You know, I love talking to you about everything that you folks are doing over there, but could you give us a little background on the Community Food Bank and what exactly you folks do uh, for the community there? Sure. The Community Food Bank is actually recognizing our 45th anniversary this year, and we are New Jersey's lead anti-hunger organization and have been delivering food, help, and hope for all of those 45 years. Um, we are actually obviously having an issue with increasing hunger in the state of New Jersey as it has been rising across the United States due to the COVID crisis and the resulting economic crisis. 
Um, so there are more at this point, more than 1 million food insecure New Jerseyans, and nearly 400,000 of them are kids. Um, hunger exists in every county in New Jersey, even the most affluent. Um, it is actually a 365-day-a-year problem, and we are seeing a lot of our hungry neighbors who include parents who skip meals to feed their children and seniors who are forced, forced to choose between paying for medicine or food. And the pandemic has resulted in uh, a big increase in New Jersey's um, food insecurity rate. It's estimated that there'll be a 56% increase in New Jersey, and that's higher than expected um, nationwide, which ex expected a 46% increase. And our neighboring states actually also will be experiencing increases in New York and Pennsylvania, although not as high as New Jersey. And food insecurity among New Jersey's children is expected to increase by a shocking 75% due to COVID-19 and issues of school attendance and school feeding and many other problems. Um, and one of the saddest things about what's going on now is that many of the, our neighbors who are finding themselves in need for the first time, and it's basically been estimated that approximately four in 10 individuals being served are new to needing charitable food assistance, and they've never had to approach a charity for help with food in their lives. So it's a big adjustment, and um, the food bank has been working very hard to um, address situations which are unprecedented for us in our 45 years. So we no, 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 go ahead. No, we just know that there are an awful lot of people out there who are in need, um, but we luckily also know that there are an awful lot of people who are out there who really want to help. Um, obviously, all of the food banks in the New York metropolitan area are facing the same issues. So in, in the JETS world, obviously, Long Island Cares and the Food Bank for New York City, the Community Food Bank for Phil down in Monmouth and Ocean County, and Feeding Westchester and up into Connecticut. Um, it's been rather inspiring. I, I coordinate the Checkout Hunger Campaign for the entire region, so I actually see the efforts that all of the food banks have made. Um, we at the Community Food Bank have been like increasing our food distribution um, rather remarkably. Um, last year, the F Food Bank, Hillside, and our southern branch down in the southwestern part of the state distributed over 80 million pounds of food, which is equal to more than 66 million meals. And um, we've had to really increase that um, because of all of the increase in need that has existed. Um, and it's been inspiring to see the food banks actually turn, totally change operations. We, for a period of time, a long period of time, were actually open um, for business 24 hours a day in terms of our warehouse. We don't actually distribute food. Um, we distribute largely through our agencies, which are over 1,000 community partners and feeding programs, that, and it includes having kids' cafes and family packs summer food programs and senior boxes for senior citizens. Um, and we have lots of initiatives. We have um, hunger as a health initiative. Um, we have healthy families, family farmers markets, the SNAP-Ed nutrition education, and a diabetes initiative. And it's been 
pretty incredible to see the food banks really have to change their style of distribution. We had traditionally never done direct distribution to people, and yet at the very start of the COVID campaign at Branchwood Park in Newark, we had a very, very large food distribution in our southern service area. We have had continuously um, in conjunction with a lot of the casinos, because all of those people have been unemployed, having food distribution things where people actually drive up to the food distribution in cars and receive food and a box of food and produce when it's available. And so many things about how we are operating now are completely different. So that's been really inspirational. I've been working at the food bank for almost 19 years, and it's really been an inspiration to see the Community Food Bank and all of the other sister Feeding America food banks rise to this occasion by being completely willing to revamp what they're doing and rethink how we can actually address this hunger issue. Wow. I mean, and everyone listening, we're speaking with Mrs. Mary O'Connell of the Community Food Bank of New Jersey. If you'd like to get involved at the C fbnj.org is their website. Please get over there and check out everything that they're doing there. Mary, can you speak to us just a little bit about the misconception that the food bank is only there to serve the homeless? Can you talk about that and, you know, tell people how that's not true? Oh, that's, that's definitely not true. I mean, basically all of the Feeding America food banks serve their entire communities of anybody at some point who needs that sort of food assistance can turn to the food bank and find out which one of our partner agencies they can go to to get help. They can also find out, you know, exactly, you know, where they can go. Um, you can go on our website and you can locate the closest agency to you. There also would be information on that website that would tell you where the distributions are going to be if you need that. Um, a lot of the people who have been involved in going out to the distributions have basically said that it's sad but yet it's also incredibly moving because people will come through in their cars and their children will be in the back seat holding signs saying thank you. And, and it's, it's, it's a very mixed blessing in terms of knowing that we're there to be able to help people um, and being also aware of the fact that we need to constantly work to make sure that we're reaching everybody who is in that situation of not knowing where their next meal is coming from. And that's for everybody. I mean, obviously, there are people who are we, what we consider the working poor, which are people who have always needed assistance because the minimum wage is just not enough in a place like New Jersey for people to be able to really keep a roof over their head and keep gas in the car and keep their kids in clothes and food and, and medical expenses. It's just a really expensive place to live. And now, with all of the people who have been out of work, because of the COVID crisis and the resulting economic problems, we've just seen all of these people who, as I said, for the very, very first time are facing this issue and learning how to actually get the help that they need. And the food banks are really in the vanguard of being you know, available for that. Um, so no matter where people are, they could go on the Feeding America website and they could locate their food bank by just putting in their zip code and then once you know the food bank's website you can go on there and find out exactly both how to get help and also what's very important for us now is how to help because obviously this change has been extremely um, much more expensive than our operations have ever been before we've had to increase our fleets we've been doing distributions in an entirely different way we basically have been working largely without volunteers 
our volunteers are starting to come back, and we really want volunteers to come to the food bank. Um, so there are many ways we help people, and we help everybody in the community who expresses a need. And there are also many ways in which the community can help us. Um, one, obviously, is donating funds. Every dollar can help provide free meals. And 94% of every dollar that's donated to the community food bank goes directly to actually fight hunger. It, it's, we are a very, very efficient charity in that way. Very little of the money is actually spent in administrative costs. Um, people can volunteer. There's a special section of the website. If you go to csbnj.org slash volunteer, you can actually sign up for shifts and the volunteers help make the emergency meal kits. They pack senior boxes. They build family packs. They also can assist at the off-site distribution. Um, I, we also feel the need to say volunteering at the community food bank is very safe. From the very beginning, we implemented social distancing. is strictly observed in our very, very large warehouse. It's 285,000 square feet, so there's a lot of space for people to be able to distance themselves and still help. And we always have masks and gloves and hand sanitizers. Those are provided. And you can't actually come into the building without stopping at the front door and having people who um, have been working with the food bank who will ask the questions about whether you have any symptoms of COVID, whether you've been in contact with someone who had COVID, whether you've traveled to some area where there's COVID, which I think now is virtually everywhere, um, and mm -hmm. also will take your temperature. Um, so. I have to say I am definitely in the higher range of, of age of people who would be concerned about it, and I've been feeling very, very safe going into work at the food bank. Um, so that's a great thing people can do. Other things that people can do right at their own home is you can advocate and spread awareness about these issues by using your own social media. I mean, that can get the word out. You can email your friends. You can pass information along. You can direct people to food bank websites where they can see and find links to our social media pages um, and Instagram and every, Twitter, everything. Um, and also the other thing you can do is you can host still a food and or fund drive, both in the traditional way of collecting food and bringing food to the food bank, but also for in virtual ways, which is something else that you can find on the website. So as much as there is the need, there is also the help that people can provide. I'm lucky enough to run the Checkout Hunger Program. I coordinate it. And that's a front-end fundraiser where people can donate um, we actually at the Community Food Bank coordinate the regional campaign on behalf of 40 Feeding America food banks and affiliates in 11 states and Washington, D.C. Basically, Checkout Hunger is really simple, and a lot of your listeners probably already know what it is. Um, you can yeah. see it. It's, yes. uh, you can basically see it in, in most of the major supermarkets and some convenience stores. It always runs at this time of year for three months during the holiday season, catching Thanksgiving. This year, it's celebrating its 30th year. In New Jersey and also in the New York metropolitan area, it's currently running at the King Supermarkets and Balducci's and Price Right Marketplace and Quick Check and ShopRite and Fairway and Gourmet Garage and Wawa and Wegmans. And in New Jersey, Premio Food serves as the state's campaign sponsor. 
Um, so I know a lot of people who, who do their tailgating <laughs> like to use the premio sausages to make tasty yeah. treats for themselves. Um, so it's really yeah. easy. People can just go and take a donation slip at the checkout and easily add $1 or $3 or $5, or some of the retailers are also providing roundups so that the cashier may say, would you like to round up your change? And it sounds like such tiny amounts, like, okay, you round up 25 cents or you give a dollar. Um, but if you look at the campaign as a whole, in three months, just for the Community Food Bank of New Jersey, it generally raises about $900,000. That's a lot of meals. And across the region during those three months, it actually raises usually between 4.5 and $5 million. So all of those tiny little bits of help, um, really, when you put them all together, make for an amazing result that makes it much easier for us to assist people who really desperately need the help. Yeah, and that's what it's all about is making sure that those that need the help get it. And again, Mary, I want to thank you for coming on. Uh, it's been great speaking with you. Uh, before I let you go, can, again, can you please let my listeners know really quickly how they can get involved with you folks as far as donating, volunteering, and also just some social media links as well that they can connect with too? Sure. I think one of the easiest ways to just basically go onto our website, which is www.cs, as in food, bnj.org. And once you go onto the website, you'll be able to see there's like a, a volunteer page. There are places where you can figure out where to donate or how to donate. There's a Checkout Hunger page, which describes Checkout Hunger as well. Um, there, it, that's the best way to find out. And that's not that's true both for the Community Food Bank of New Jersey, but for all of the food banks in the area, because the website is always a wealth of information. It can tell you where to find help, and it can tell you how to help. And there are lots of different ways to have both sides of that equation. There are lots of ways that the food bank, through its partner agencies and with our direct distributions, are helping people. Um, and there are many, many ways which you can find on the website that it's easy to help us. As I said, you could also find the links to our social media efforts. Any sort of information about the food bank is available there. Yeah. yeah. Well, again, thank you, Mary, for coming on. It was great to speak with you tonight. Uh, again, I want to thank you for everything you do there at the Community Food Bank in New Jersey. So I want you to have a good night. Oh, thank you, Joe. And it was wonderful to speak with you again. I know with spoken about this for many, many years, and it's always a yeah. really pleasant way to spend a little bit of time in November. Thanks an awful lot yeah, for your I, time, and thanks for your support. Absolutely. Thank you so much. You have a good night. You too. Bye-bye. Mary O'Connell, listen. Again, everyone listening, that was Mary O'Connell of the Community Food Bank in New Jersey. Anyone that wants to get involved any way that you can, it's CF as in food, BNJ.org. You go to that site. Uh, there's spaces for you to, you know, pick uh, times where you can volunteer. Also, there's uh, spots there where you can find. You can donate your money as well. Um, I'm a big supporter. You can come to my social media. It's plastered all over my social media and everything. So any way that you can get involved with those that are in need, because, again, we're at a time right now a lot of people don't know where their next meal is coming from. You know, people are struggling in different ways. So any way that you can lend a hand, whether it be, again, the checkout hunger that she spoke about, too, you know, just giving a little bit, 
you know, rounding up a little bit on a little bit of the money that you are already spending. Greatly appreciate it. Again, cfbnj.org. Get involved any way that you can. Now, with that said, we got to get back into these jets, you know. <laughs> I'm going to move back into talking about the green. I'm going to move back into talking about this game that we have coming up with the New England Patriots. We also have some stuff as well to speak about with uh, with Joe Douglas. And we've got some callers on the line. Again, if you want to call in, it is 515-602-9639. 515-602-9639. We're going to be talking about the upcoming game against the Patriots and other things as well. Uh, before we get to the callers, though, let me tell you something. Darnold is out because of that shoulder, but this team needs to go in there and be competitive. There's no reason for this team to come out, look lackadaisical, look unprepared. This is a division opponent that the, the Adam Gaze, Daryl Loggins should know. That's one of the reasons why we brought him in here. He should be prepared and have this team fully prepared. We should not come out and be sleepwalking. We should not come out and look like we have no business of knowing what we're supposed to do. And young players also need to get need to play in this football game, and they need to get reps. We need to see the ball be put in the hands of young guys like Mims, P. Ryan, different things that we've talked about, you know, throughout this entire season. We need to see that. So I'm going to go ahead and get into the callers because I want to hear from a lot of you folks. I know a lot of people are fired up. They're ready to talk about some things. So we're going to go to our first caller here. Listen, caller, I know you're sitting back. Yo. You're fired up right now. You're excited about things that are going on. Give me your thoughts on Sam Darnold being out against New England Patriots. Hello? Yeah, caller, we can hear you. Oh, hey, this is Val Outlaw. What's going on, Val? Hey, how you doing, man? All right, so I'm going to definitely give you my take of uh, – can I just, like, recap of the, the, um, the Chiefs game? I didn't really, like, get to call in that time a little bit. Well, yeah. Go ahead and give us a little bit of what you what you thought there. Okay, it, it's fast. It's fast. Well, we we definitely seen that they didn't really try against us, and you seen that um, Patrick Mahomes he was not running the ball at all. He we he basically was like a pocket passer. So yeah. we know what we're expecting from that defense, from this defense that we're playing with now. Now to the um to the Patriots. That's all I had to say. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, yeah, coming to the Patriots, what's, what's your thoughts about uh, what's your, what are your thoughts about Sam Darnold? You know, he, he's going to be on the bench now. We got Joe Flacco starting. What do you expect out of Flacco? Oh, man, see, I have my score, but I'm going to save that to the end. But you yeah, know, save that, save it, that to the end. Basically, yeah, well, yeah, I know. <laughs> um, it's basically flatline every time Joe Flacco is a as a quarterback. So he's not going to push the ball as much. That's what I'm expecting. Um, mm-hmm. hopefully we can get Mims evolved because, like he like the last game, we only he only had two receptions, which is ridiculous. He needs to get the mm-hmm. ball at least a little bit more. So I feel like we should definitely push the ball. And I do have a little, you know, a little sympathy for Herman a little bit because the thing is, he's definitely not gonna be here next year. All right, all right, all right. Hear no. me out. Hear me out. <laughs> what? Okay, Val. Come on, Val. Hear me out. Hear me you, out. I know you. Okay, I okay. know. I know. Hold on, Val. I know that you you did not think you was gonna slide that by me, and I wasn't gonna uh, was gonna check that. I know you didn't think you was gonna call in and get that slid right by. That's not happening, bro. That's I play defense. I'm Dikembe. I'm blocking that. You need to tell me what's good, bro. Why are you? Why? Okay. Why do we have sympathy this, for Herndon? This is his tell little me, Val. defense. This is his little defense. If you play basketball or you play football, if you do not get the ball 
often you're going to fumble the ball. You're, you're basically cold. We give the ball to him Val. in the halftime. <laughs> Val, are you serious? That's, we don't we don't Val. use the tight ends. That's that's what I'm saying. We don't Val. even uh, like use the tight ends. You know that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Val, that's my little defense. You know I love you, but Val. I'm not defending I him. I, hear, I think he's gonna be gone are, by the end of this year. He's been terrible. Did he pay you? He's been Val? terrible. Did he pay whatever he's paying you, Val? I'll, tell, I'll pay you double. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. I don't got no underhand money. Defend, I have no underhand money. Okay, okay. Well, it sounds like you know what I'm saying. I'm just saying, you know, whatever. He's <laughs> no, I'm just saying because that I'll was the last, double. the last live stream you you was mentioning him. So that's why I was gonna say the last yeah. live stream because we don't we don't give him the ball. So it's just like if but he's he, not in no, you know. Go ahead. Go ahead. When he does get the ball, though, Val, though, when he, do, I understand what you're saying. Our tight end usage isn't the greatest, but when balls yeah. are thrown his way, he drops a lot of them. So you can't exactly. expect it's just, you true. just use an analogy of basketball. You, you know, I'm sure you play just like I play. Yeah, if you don't get the yeah. ball a lot in your hands, I can understand if you're a shooter. But if you're coming down, you got to be rhythm. Passing you you something, you're wide rhythm. open, and you, yeah, you, but you blowing layups. You wide open and you exactly. blowing layup. Exactly. Yeah. What, what, kind, what kind of confidence that. does that inspire? You know what I'm saying? That's all I'm saying. Like, come on, I, I get it. And our tight end usage isn't the greatest. Yes, he does block more than you know most tight ends in the league. But when he is yeah. finally given an opportunity, not only does he drop the ball, but he fumbles quite a bit as well. We've seen two a big a fumble. He a had lot. a big fumble in the last game. A big fumble. Yeah. So so why can't you carry the football? You know what I'm saying? But. Listen, you, you talked about some guys, though. You talked about some stuff. We're going to move mm-hmm. past that, Val. You know what I'm saying? I, you know. <laughs> I know. I'm getting killed but in the chat. You talked about me. Uh, <laughs> you know, the savage in the chat, they're going to get at you. That's all oh, I'm saying, y'all. You know, I'm just saying. The savage that was for the, in the last, chat, the the get last live stream, but, yeah, he's he's definitely going to be going by next year. We know that. But yeah, for that's, sure. that's what I'm just Listen. saying. Rhythm is very yeah. important. But, yeah, go ahead. Okay, well. You know, I hear you, but you know, we're gonna move past that. Listen, you talked about okay. Mims, and I understand that Mims, mm-hmm. Mims getting the football in his hands is extremely important, especially in that second half. But I want to get your thoughts on P. Ryan. Do you think that this is finally the week where we see him get way more carries than Gore? I mean, is is Adam Gase so and the coaching staff gonna at least giving him the ball? Is, are we gonna let at least let him shine? That's that's the question. That's what I'm saying. Mm. I mean, we've seen flashes. we definitely seen flashes, which is great. And I feel like we're going to give him a ball a little bit more. But the thing is, are we going to give it to him in halftime? Or halftime adjustments? Mm. That's that's my problem. Yeah. But I'm yeah. definitely, you know. uh, but I'm definitely uh, hopefully, you know, we give him the ball. And yeah. hopefully he shines. You, you spoke a little you know? bit. Yeah, you, you spoke a little bit about halftime adjustments as well, too, man. And that's, that's my big question, too, going forward, because you look at, you know, what we did against the Chiefs. We didn't do much after after the half. Yep. Uh, what, there was one game where we literally had four yards after the half. That was ridiculous. I mean, what are your terrible. thoughts about Loggins? Loggins, yet again, he's calling the offensive plays for this week. Do you think we'll get it together and be better after the half than we've been so far, you know, under him? Are we going to outsmart Belichick? Are we going to outplay that defense of the Patriots that is still there? (laughs) Remember, they go against teams that they're close of beating, but they just don't finish. That's the problem. So 
I don't know, man. I mean, all we're doing is we're scoring nine points and we're scoring ten points in the first half, and then the second half we are flatlined. So I, I really don't know. I don't have no question for that. It's just the the, the second half adjustments is terrible. It's just the same thing. Yeah. We're not getting the ball out. We got to get the um. Yeah. We got to get Mims involved. The, I don't know why the offense is not around Mims. He he's showing flashes. We have to give him the ball. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't understand it either. And like you said, this kid has shown us, you know, at times there's some flashes there. There's some looks where, yo, this kid might have it. I mean, yeah. he made a bunch of catches, you know, in the first game. Yeah, and he that, actually came back and we saw catch, nothing too. in him at the second half. We saw nothing. It was completely ridiculous. The last game, he only had two catches in the entire game. And this is with our wide receiver core having injuries in it. There's no reason why we shouldn't be able to game plan to get this young kid the football in his hands, especially if, you know, we're dealing with offensive brilliance around here. That's that's completely exactly. ridiculous to me. I don't understand it, Val. And we're and we're running Frank Gore like he's he's playing to get a five year extension. I I really don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this is his showcase. <laughs> like he's he's fighting to get that five year extension. I don't I don't know what's yeah. going on. I don't know why he we're basically surrounding our team um for Frank Gore. I I really don't yeah. get it. Like like uh, I said, you know, this is what I'm saying uh, about this coaching staff. Yeah, uh, you know yeah, I don't, I don't yeah. understand it, man. I don't I don't know what's going on. But I want to before I before I uh, we're gonna keep going. I want to talk to you just okay. a little bit about the defense, man. It's looking like Quentin Williams is not gonna play. How concerned are you about that as far as getting pressure on the Patriots? Because we know that Cam, Cam Newton is still a you know a, a quarterback in this league that he can he can make the plays with his arm, but he can also still make plays with his feet. How concerned mm-hmm. are you with Quentin Williams not playing in this game and us not being able to push that pocket without him being there? Man, let me tell you something. When did we ever stop any quarterbacks that could run the ball? That's the question. Kyle Ooh. Murray, he just ran all over us. Um, Josh Allen, the first game, you seen what happened. We couldn't stop him at all. And the second game, he kind of did it as well, too, but we, we definitely stopped him a little bit because of Quentin Williams. So now you're saying Quentin Williams, yeah. Quentin Williams is out of the game? I don't know. I really don't know. That's why I said this, yeah. this offense is going to really – they're going to give it to us. Yeah. yeah man, it's going to be – I yeah. think it's going to be probably bad. I can't lie. Yeah. And not lie. So, so what, are your, what are your three keys to victory for the Jets? My three key victories for the Jets is to hold down as much as the defense. The defense has to at least play more aggressive. They have to get to Cam Newton. They have to bring that pressure. Because mm-hmm. every time that I've seen Cam Newton and you bring that pressure, he's going to basically at least, like, you know, mess up his accuracy of getting to the wide receivers because their communication is not all the way there. So you have to get to Cam Newton. In a second, yeah. the offense has to be alive in the second half. Would you bring the energy in the first half? We have to get that in the second half. And yeah. I would say our, spe- our special teams, you know, no, no, the third thing is the coaching staff. The coaching staff has to get involved. They have to switch up the plays. We don't want to see no more screens. Just like like you said, you don't want to see no um, – you don't want to hear about no more TV screens, no more screen doors. <laughs> we don't want to see none of that. So we got to see something else. We got to be alive. <laughs> so we don't want to see no third and 15 with a screen. 
That's not happening. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, oh, oh, and another <laughs> thing, Joe Flacco cannot take no sack of no um running back all the way back and getting sacked. You can't have that. Oh yeah. So that that yeah, was bad yeah. against the Dolphins. So yeah. Yeah. So, so Val, bruh, again, I want to thank you for calling yes, in. Give me your final score. Give me your final score prediction for the All Jets right. versus the, we go. Uh, the Patriots on Monday night. All right. I'm being generous. <laughs> All right. If if Sam Darnold was playing, I was going to give it 27 to 14. But now that you just said Joe Flacco was playing and he's going to be starting, I'm giving it 27-10. 27-10 or probably 27-9. 27-10, 9 Patriots? Yep. Patriots is going to win. Okay. All That's right. That's how I well, got to go. All right. Yep. Everybody yeah. just heard it. 27-10, yeah. 27-9 Patriots. You know, that that's Val's prediction. Listen, Val, I want to thank you mm-hmm. for calling in, my man. You know what I'm saying? Savage is yes, going to be on you. I'm just letting you know. You know, I'm not looking at the chat. I'm just saying they're going to be on you. But oh, you savage man. as well. You savage listen, as well. You're part of it. But they, you, listen, know, you know how it goes. Rhythm is key. <laughs> rhythm is okay. key. If you're not getting the ball, okay. a lot of stuff, you know what I'm saying? You're going to yeah. fumble the ball mm-hmm. a lot. But, mm-hmm. like I said, he's gone. This At the end of the season, mm-hmm. he will be gone. I'm not defending okay. him no more. I'm just saying rhythm is key. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure it is, Val. They about to give you all the rhythm you can handle. You have a good night, man. <laughs> all right, man. All right. Ooh, Val calling in. Listen. <laughs> Val tried his best to defend Chris Herndon. You know, I'm not, you know, listen, the savages in the chat. That's why we call them the Savages. It's your first time listening to me. I do live stream while I do the radio show. And uh, my chat is called the Savages because they're savage. Okay? They don't care about nothing. They don't care how famous, not famous you are. If you say something that they don't like, they attack. They ain't going to lie to you. They attack. Nobody is safe in these streets. Not even me. <laughs> not even me. They talk about me crazy sometimes. You know what I'm saying? It is what it is. That They get after it. You know what I'm saying? So, Val, uh, you're going to have to be held accountable for that Herndon take. You know what I'm saying? You're going to be held accountable for that Herndon take. Everybody's got their takes. You know, I respect it. But uh, they're going to let you know how much they respect it, too. I'm going to let you know. So, uh, we're going to keep going along. Callers, I'll come right back to you in a second. I'm going to go to the Savages really quick in the chat because they are going off. King Cami Podcast. Yo, King, salute to you. King says, halftime adjustments. Gaze doesn't know what that is. Ooh. That he, he, you know, he's speaking facts. King is speaking facts. Listen, we've had big time issues with our halftime adjustments from the time that Gaza showed up. You know, we've seen it. We've seen us consistently get beat week after week after week after week after week because we come out after the half and we have no clue what they're doing and the team has made adjustments. That's how we got beat by the Bills. That's exactly, that's exactly how we got beat by the Bills. They came out. We were looking really good in the first half. We had things rolling. Offensively, things were moving. The Bills said, hmm, let's blitz the crap out of these guys. We know they can't handle that. They ain't going to make no adjustments. That's exactly what they did, and they crushed us in the second half. Again, we've come out, and we get blown out in the second half. We've seen it. Four yards in the second half, less than 60-something yards in the second half, less than 100 yards and a half. We consistently have those issues because we do not make adjustments to what other teams do on the football field coming out after the half. It's completely ridiculous. Todd Steele in the chat. Yo, Todd Steele, salute to you, my man. Again, everybody thumbs up. 
you know, wherever wherever uh, you catch me streaming at, if you can thumbs up the stream, it's greatly appreciated. My guy Todd Steele being in the, in the chat doing work. Todd Steele says, got to disagree, Val. If Herndon goes into the game cold, that's on him. He's supposed to be a pro. He should be able to catch the football and warm up. No excuses. Listen, Val already getting after it. <laughs> He are Todd already getting after it. Gar, you getting after Val right now. I'm telling you. You know what I'm saying? You give those takes, you know. I disagree, but you know, you also got to deal with the savages. They also come for you as well. So I'm gonna get back to these callers. Uh, you know, we got a lot of callers on the line right now. Again, if you want to call in, it's 515 6029 515-602-9639, and we'll get to everybody. Okay, please be patient. I know I have quite a bit of callers. And do not call in to my show cursing. I know that this has been a frustrating season. I understand the Jets don't necessarily look at all, look as good as all of us hoped that they would look. But you call in cursing on my show, I'll get you out of here faster than Adam Gaze can ruin offensive talent. <laughs> that's fast. That's, that's, that's fast. That's real fast. <laughs> that's real fast. I'll get you out of here faster than Adam Gaze can put you back out on the field if you have an injury. That's real fast. <laughs> That's fast. I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to keep telling jokes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> We're going to get to the next caller. Elias, I'm coming to you, my man. Elias, I want to get your thoughts on this matchup with the Jets and the Patriots on Monday night. How are you feeling about Flacco starting because of Darnold having that injury? Joe, what's going on, man? How you doing? I'm all right. How are you feeling tonight, man? I'm doing good. Um, not looking forward to this game. My opinion the quarterback that should be starting is David Fales because he's a bum and will automatically lose. There's no point in winning this game when Donald's not playing. So that's how I feel. Maybe Or Mike White, okay. one of the other crap quarterbacks we got. Like, like Flacco sucks, but he's not as bad. So, like, mm-hmm. if we win this game, that will be the biggest Jets loss because then you're putting the Patriots in a prime position to get one of those top quarterback prospects. So that would be a nightmare. Okay. But before I get to, before I get to this game, I got to rant about something uh, that I haven't heard anyone talk about. So I don't get why. I know he hasn't played much, but I don't get why we just released Quincy Wilson when we spent a draft yeah. pick on him and Pierre yeah. Desir is still here when he's not going to be here next year. Like you, like we always talk about the young guys should play and stuff. And like I'm not saying Quincy Wilson's any good, but he could potentially be a decent depth piece in your cornerback room. And the fact that you just cut him, and this year's still here getting cooked every play. It's just like mm-hmm. it's, they just favor the veterans so much. When it's a rebuilding team, you shouldn't be playing a bunch of old guys, you know? Yeah, yeah. First off, I want to thank you for calling in, Elias. Listen, I hear what you're saying. Um, I think there was just issues with Quincy as far as getting him on the field, and maybe they just looked at him and yeah, said, hey, yeah, right. he's, he's worse than this year at this field, at, at this point. You know what I'm saying? So, I, But I hear you because we did trade a six-rounder to get him, and then basically – you know, never really got anything for him. And that, that you know, again, that, that six-round pick, I know a lot of people look at it like, hey, it's just a six-round pick. But, you know, maybe we get a player that you know, can come in later in the draft or something like that. So I understand why some people are upset about that because, again, that's a pick wasted on the guy that never did anything for us. So, and, uh, you know, we got Bryce coming back in, too. They brought hey, we're, him we're up, so we'll see that, what man. he does. We're used to wait yeah. for never doing anything. <laughs> we're used to first-round picks. There's first-round <laughs> picks we have yeah, exactly. that did nothing. Aaron Lee, yeah. <laughs> Calvin Pryor, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. But I, I want to get I want to get to this week about this Patriots game. You look at Daryl yep. Loggins. He's calling the offensive plays again for yet another week. What are your expectations out of him, and do you finally think he'll understand how to make adjustments after the second half? No. 
It's an Adam Gase wow. offense. There's no such thing as adjustments. It's, it's been two years, man. Like, I mean, we're used to it. Like, you can't expect any change. Dude's too stubborn, and this is just his puppet. Who it's just his. So this is like giving him the play calling. Like, I don't know, to show that hey, it's not just me that's the issue. It's like this guy sucks too. And they both they're both trash. They need to be both both need to be fired once we're guaranteed the first pick. Yeah, yeah. They they both should be out of here. I'm just hoping that this week. We just adjust to whatever they're doing out there. Because, again, and you know, Elias, we, we've watched the Patriots. They've been in a division. You know, we've been with Jets fans for so long. We've been – we've matched up with them every single year. And it's like the Patriots are masters at adjustments. That's just what they do. That's how they win yeah. football games. Even if they're not more talented than you or, what, or you don't think that they're more talented than you or anything like that, that coaching staff steps up and says, okay, we look one way in the first quarter. We look another way in the second quarter. We come out after the half. We look completely different in the third quarter. In the fourth quarter, we just put you away. And you don't ever really get a sense of what they're actually doing. To what you're doing yeah. defensively, you know, with their offense, offensively or defensively, they're making adjustments to what you're doing. It's just – it's crazy. We've got to master that adjustment because if we don't, we're going to get killed in this football game if we don't figure out how to adjust to what they're doing. But when you look at us on offense and you talked a little bit about it, Elias, is, hey, these young guys need to get the ball in their hands. You look at this situation, Crowder's coming back, which bodes well for us. But, again, we got a kid named Mims on this football team that has really shown some promise. Do you think Mims gets a heavy workload in this football game and find and uh, Daryl Loggins will find a way to, you know, call the offense to make sure that this kid is heavily involved? Like – Anything logical that we think this team doesn't do. So, like, what? He'll probably get to one <laughs> catcher yet or something. Like, we expect this to happen, but it's the Jets we're dealing with. So, I'm not trying to be too yeah. negative. I hope so. I hope, like, take a look at the Patriots game plan last time. Now, obviously, Darnold's not playing, so I don't know that they're definitely not going to do like, the same thing. But let's say they send, like, mm. the house on a cover zero blitz. So, that means you've got guys one-on-one. Just throw it up to Mims once you're getting guys are coming straight at you. Throw it to Mims, and luckily um, Gilmore, I think he's out this game, so that can benefit us. I just, I don't want to win, but I actually want to look semi, like, uh, what am I saying? Uh, competitive. Like, I want to look decently competitive. And, like, mm-hmm. I don't think this is a winnable game. The Broncos game was supposed to be winnable. We did not win, not even close. Um, like, for the first time, like, even before I was watching football, I knew the Patriots were were good, like, before I was, like, a Jets fan. So, it's weird to see them, like, not be good anymore, at least, like, not good right now. But, like, they're not in the same stratosphere as bad as we're at right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that you know, they are 2-5, and five and there's been some issues. They've lost some games on some, you know, last-second plays. But I, I look at the situation, even though it's still fairly early in the season, I don't ever ever count the Patriots out. I don't. I've seen oh, no, I've seen it happen not. so many times, and I yeah, and I and I've talked to so many people, and I've seen it. I've seen this so many times where the Patriots kind of look like they're stammering throughout the early in the season. Things aren't going the way that a lot of people think that they should be going for the Patriots, and then all of a sudden they put something together, they find a way to get into the playoffs, and then they're making a run, and they're either close to making a Super Bowl or in the Super Bowl. You know, we see that constantly. Or they um, win a Super you know, Bowl, and yeah. so. Exactly, exactly. Uh, Brady's last year there, you know, people were like, oh, you know, the Patriots are done every single season. It's all Patriots are done. They come out and they do things. So, but I want to go to the defensive side of the ball with you. And it's great that you brought up a couple of things as well. You know, offensively, 
how they can, you know, move the ball, move the rock, especially uh, with uh, Cam Newton now there throwing the football around because we all know Brady's gone. Uh, but uh, you look at these running backs that they have, Harris, White, Burkhead, those guys, you know, they can move a little bit, but they can also, they have a dynamic ability where they can catch the football coming out of the backfield. They can run routes. How concerned are you about that matchup with our linebackers? Do you think they'll take advantage of that and truly abuse us with their running backs coming out of the backfield or even being spread out wide? Yeah, that's definitely what worries me the most is like their short passing game, especially to running backs. Yeah. Like, they don't really have anything mm-hmm. at wide receiver, so I'm not too worried about our corners getting cooked. Now, last year they had, like, an undrafted kid in trash Tremaine Johnson made him look like Jerry Rice, but we have basically a yep. clone kid on the team. Um, what was his name? Yep. Like Myers or something? Some, some dude yeah. like that. Um, yep. And uh, so, like, like, I just think about the Niners game earlier this year, how, like, they just threw, like, tosses behind, like, the running backs, and they would just take it to the house. And they were, like, a third and 33, something nuts like that. Um, so I'm definitely worried about that. James White, I think, is a pretty good player. Um, Sony Michelle's out, so that helps a bit, at least for us. So like, being an actual running back, not really a pass catcher. But, you know, they run a good uh, RB by committee set, which requires good adjustments, a different way of attacking each player, which clearly we don't, we're not good at. And it's just, it's just frustrating, man, because they're not a talented team either, but they got good coaching, and we haven't had that here. And it's just like, it just shows you how important a good coach is. Like, I'm not asking yeah. for Bill Belichick, but, like, can I just get some yeah. confidence in here, man? Yeah, yeah. And you brought that, – that is a great take right there. And I tell people this all the time is that when you watch a team like the Patriots and there's other teams as well around the league – hell, the Eagles last year when they had a bunch of injuries as well, that really highlights how good or bad your coaching is. It, it can highlight that. And, again, when you look at these situations, we, you just talked about it, you look at the Patriots, there have been teams that they have put together where people say, oh, that team's not very talented at all, but they find a way to make a run. They find a way to win a Super Bowl or be in a Super Bowl or look way more competitive than other people think. You know, we've seen them just completely roll over teams that were way more talented than them. And every time it comes back to, they always say, do your job. Their coaching is so, they're so well coached. Their coaching is so top notch. They know exactly where you, go ahead. I have a hot take that if we had a real head coach mm-hmm. in here last year, we would have made the playoffs because that our schedule was so well, easy last year when we were playing like like a real coach wouldn't have run uh, Le'Veon Bell at Geno Atkins ten times or something like yeah. we could have beat the Bengals, we could have beat the Dolphins that nine wins, or you could be in like another or maybe it's like you could be in the Jaguars or something like that. Like I know our team wasn't great last year, but if you had a real coach in here, like I feel like you could have made the playoffs. Yeah, I, well, you know, I, I mean, that's kind of up in the air. But again, like I like I was speaking about with the Patriots, they're so well coached. When you watch these guys go out there in the football field, they know where you're going to be. They know where they're supposed to be, and they attack and they play extremely well within the scheme. I'm telling you, this team, you know, again is going to show us. And we've been exposed. Our coaching has been exposed throughout the season. Hell, you watch a Chiefs game, you see our coaching be exposed. Absolutely, you know, you watch us give up on drives. You watch us just completely get fleeced. And there's been other games this year where we've been completely outcoached, you know. So we got to step that up. If you plan on beating the Patriots, you got to have you got to have everything going on upstairs, and you got to be prepared. You can't come out and be lethargic, and you got to make sure that these players know where they're supposed to be and what they're supposed to be doing. But when you look at this Patriots offensive line as well, though, they're a little banged up. There's guys dealing with injuries. Shaq Mason dealing with an injury. We got some other guys. Dealing, hell, even Thune's dealing with an injury right now. 
do you think that we'll be able to take advantage of this Patriots offensive line in this football game and maybe put a little pressure on Sam just with our front four? Um, not really, just because Quinnen's out. Uh, Franklin Myers, he's been playing well. I, I like what I've seen from him. Maybe Jordan yeah. Jenkins finally gets, like, something going. Uh, maybe you get yeah. a decent play out of um, Henry Anderson or, like, Nathan Shepard or Kyle Phillips, one of his, like, younger defense, interior defensive linemen. Uh, so that could definitely mm-hmm. help to just see some better play out of those players. But we just lack such a pass rush to begin with, especially without Quinn Williams this week, um, who I've been really impressed by this um, uh in the last couple of games, just getting pressure. Um, even though he's not putting up the huge sacks and stuff, which we still need a guy, obviously, like a legit pass rusher to get those sacks. Having that interior pressure yeah. has been really great, and it's gonna it's gonna be tough not to see that this week. But um, yeah, like it's just they're weak at that position, but like it seems like the positions they suck at were even worse. Or like if their mm-hmm. offensive line is bad, our defensive line is worse. If our offensive line is bad, their defensive line is so much better. Like it just seems like. Even though they're lacking talent, it just seems like they're the Patriots, and like they actually have a win this year. It's just it's gonna be all right. it's gonna. I have so I've seen so many people. They're like, man, the NFL needs to just like reschedule primetime games. Like, whose idea was this? Or like the Jets versus Broncos or something like. like I just you know I, I just don't want to see us now, get now completely get embarrassed on primetime games. Yeah, I, I I don't want to see us get completely embarrassed in this game on prime time because, like you said, it's a Monday night game. Everybody's watching. Everybody's watching. I do not want to have to deal with us just getting destroyed and then having to walk around in my green and having people just go crazy on me. Oh, the Jets are terrible. Oh, blah, 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 so on and so forth. I don't want that. But, Elias, what are your three keys to victory for the Jets? Um, Adjustments, adjustments, and more adjustments. Yeah. <laughs> You got it. You got it right there. Yeah. (laughs) What is your final score prediction for this Jets game against the Patriots? Offenses are terrible, so maybe thirteen to seven, fourteen to seven Patriots, something like that. Um, Mm -hmm. Last thing, uh, this is a good um, for you telling the listen, uh, the callers not to swear. Uh, Joe will get you out of here faster than Adam Gates will run empty back set against Cover Zero Blitz. Man, bringing it. <laughs> That's fast. Man. That's very fast. That's real fast. Elias, man. Yeah. I, I want to thank you for calling in, man. It was good to speak to you tonight. <laughs> of course, man. Have a good one. <laughs> Have a good one. Oh, Elias on the check in, man. Listen, I'm telling you, I'll get you out of here fast. <laughs> oh, man. Listen. Oh. I still got some callers on the line. I'll be coming to you very soon. Everyone, please be patient. Do not uh, call in cursing on my show. <laughs> Tell you, I'll get you out of here fast, all right? Faster than Adam Gaze can lose by double digits. I'll get you out of here. <laughs> get you out of here so fast. Uh, but before we go back to the callers, we're going to go to the Savages in the chat really quickly. King Kami in the chat, salute to you again. King Kami says, speaking of first-round pick, Becton has uh, been looking really good. But he needs a coach to settle him down. Do you think his uh, year? Do you think year two under a new coach puts him at a Pro Bowl level? You know, that's that's one of the things, and we do talk about a lot of things that's going on with this football team that isn't good. We highlight a lot of the issues that we have because a lot of the reasons why we're losing, uh, you know, 
is because of the issues that we have from week to week. But but Becton, when he's been out there, has been a very big bright spot for us. He's played extremely well this year. Um, he's throwing guys around. I'm talking the Chiefs game he was throwing folks around and the Niners game he was throwing folks around. He's looking like a guy, and I don't want to jinx it, but he's looking like a guy that we can have here for quite some time in the future that's going to be you know, a steady, stout player at left tackle. So we're very excited about him. Uh, he's really looking good. So, you know, I'm just hoping, you know, if we move on from, you know, Gaze, that we make sure that we get the right guy in here. You know what I'm saying? We make sure we get the right guy in here and, and you know, make sure we can move forward correctly and promptly. And that brings me to something else, you know, that, that, that people are definitely talking about. And I want to give my two cents about as well. Is Joe Douglas had a press conference. He sat down and he talked about some things. Uh, two things that kind of stuck out to me is the things he talked about with Adam Gaze. I know a lot of people were talking about when he said that Gaze was part of the solution with the New York Jets. My take, that from, my take from that is this. When you look at the situation, any general manager, anybody that, that understands football can look at what Adam Gaze is doing out there and be like, oh, this guy is not the guy. He's just not the guy. Like his coaching, the way he handles players, no good. Now, do I think that that means that Gaze is going to be here for the future? I don't personally think that, and also I, I hope that's not what that means, but I also don't personally think that, and here's why. is I don't think that Joe Douglas get up there and be like, oh, this guy, you know, he sucks, and we're going to fire him as soon as possible. I don't think he's going to get up there and do that. If you look at what's happening right now with the play calling not in his hands, uh, you, know, he's, you know, he's just kind of just standing there around in games, looking around all the time. He was brought in as an offensive guru. If he's not, you know, being – the guy that the offense is, is solely running through where the plays, the calls are coming for him, then what exactly is he doing here? You know, and if he, if he can't do that, then there's, there's nothing to be done. He's failed on every single level here as a head coach, right? As what he was brought in to do. His offense is not good. He do, he no longer calls the plays and he couldn't get Darnold to that next step to ascend. He's actually hurting Sam Darnold with his coaching style and what he does. So to me, I look at the situation and I think that that was just Joe Douglas trying to, you know, cover himself and or cover the organization and not, you know, completely destroy Adam Gaze and just say, hey, you know, he's part of the solution, which technically he is, you know, because if you, uh, you know, you want to hire somebody else, you got to fire him. <laughs> so he kind of is part of the solution. You know what I'm saying? You want to get a new head coach in here, you got to get his ass out of here. <laughs> so that's kind of what I took from it. I don't, I don't, I don't think that Adam Gaze is going to be here another year. I think that Adam Gaze you know, gets fired at the end of the season. I truly do. Uh, because if he doesn't, ooh, we're going to be in a world of hurt. Another thing that Joe Douglas talked about as well, when he talked about Sam being the QB of the future, that I do believe. I do believe that he believes that Sam Darnold is the quarterback of the future for the New York Jets. And I do think that he can look around. Because he also talked about, you know, a lot of the issues on the football team being on him too, as far as the personnel and the struggles that they're having as far as roster. And we've seen him talk in the past very glowingly about Sam Darnold uh, and working with him. And he also talked to Sam's parents and told him that he would get him protection and weapons. He would surround him. So you already see that he's already assessed that there's issues on his football team with protections and weapons and all these things. And so to me, that, that to me leans me towards thinking that he, you know, truly believes in Sam Darnold and understands that there's a lot of things outside of him that is causing the issues you know, isn't allowing him to be as productive as we all believe that he should be with the type of skill set and talent that he has. So, you know, we're going to continue to talk about that uh, with the next caller as well. I'm going to get back to these lines again. 515-602-9639. 515-602-9639. We are talking about the Jets 
upcoming game against the Patriots. Savages in the chat going crazy. People get people vow. I'm telling you, vow they're gonna get they're gonna get at you about that Herndon day. <laughs> they already getting at you. Val still talking about rhythm. All right, Val. You know what I'm saying? I got nothing but love for Val. That's my guy, but the savages is gonna get at you. So we're going to the next caller. Listen, believe this is my guy, Steve. My guy Steve calling in on the line. Steve, come on, man. Talk to me about your thoughts about Sam Darnold not playing and Joe Facco starting against New England Patriots. How do you feel about that, my man? Well, first of all, you have what, what's going on, Joe? You having a good night tonight? Man, look, I'm having a great night, Steve. How are you? What is your night going, man? How, how's everything going with you? Everything is going all right. Um, yeah, so obviously we're here talking about this football team. I mean, obviously we don't have to play tomorrow. We have to wait till Monday. So luckily I, I can focus on fantasy tomorrow. So anyway, so so now going into this game on on Monday night against New England. I mean, listen, this is a rematch against the uh, thir- against last year when we had a chance to play against New England on Monday night. So this is a rematch. But the biggest thing that's going to be so weird about watching this Monday night game against New England as we play them on Monday night, this is the first game that there's going to be no Tom Brady against the Jets. It's going to feel so different not facing Brady. But, I mean, listen, we're going up against a guy by the by Cam Newton. I mean, Cam Newton, listen, he isn't the same quarterback that he used to be. But, listen, he's big, he's tall, and he can run with the ball. I mean, this year New England is a type of a team that likes to run with the ball and not really pass it as much. I mean, listen, the Patriots have these unknown receivers because their two main receivers are going to be out for this game on, on yeah. Monday night. I mean, there's no Julian Edelman. There is no Nikhil yeah. Perry. He's not playing either. I mean, but the Patriots, I mean, they're very, very banged up coming into this game, but so are we. I mean, I don't know what what's going to happen. I mean, I don't know if this is going to really, really feel like a, a rivalry game between the Patriots and the Jets. I mean, yeah, it is still a divisional rivalry game, but, but listen, listen, for those of the Jet fans that are listening to the show, listen – I understand where Jet fans are coming from that we should lose for the rest of the season and go 0 and 16. But if you want my honest opinion, yeah. listen to me. I I don't I I would I it would I would hate it if the team would go 0 and 16. I would just like yeah. to see us win at least one or two games. I I can't if we would go 0 and 16, that would be like a nightmare right right now if that would happen. Yeah, you know, first off, again, I want to thank you for calling in, Steve. Listen, I, you know, I hear you. I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of tanking. I understand where people come from when they talk about those things. But, I, you know, I want to see us just compete, fight as hard, and win as many games as we can. You know, that's what I'd like to see us like to see happen. I don't want to see us lose every single game of the year. But even coming back into uh, this football game, you talk about quite a bit of stuff. The they're, they're wide receiver core, Harry, uh, Nikhil Harry is out. Edelman's still dealing with the injury. I believe he's on the IR as well. And, but that leads me to something else, though, Steve. When you look at the situation with us defensively, Quinn Williams is out, but their offensive line is banged up. Do you still think that we'll be able to take advantage of their offensive line being banged up without Quinn Williams? Do you think that we'll be able to bring just a little bit of pressure just with our front four or maybe even with some – some, you know, exotic blitzes. Yeah, no, this this is a game that Greg Williams has to take an advantage of a banged up mm-hmm. uh, New England offensive line. I mean, you got to put, you got to put, you got to make Cam Newton feel uncomfortable because 
if you don't make him, if you make Cam Newton comfortable, then Cam's going to come out and he's going to make plays. I would say their most dangerous part as of right now of their offense is honestly their running team. I mean, listen, they don't have Sony Michelle because I think Sony Michelle is still on IR as well. But I mean, they still got James White and Rex Burkhead, who are pretty good, decent yeah. running backs. But I mean, but the thing is, though, the biggest concern is also going to be is is how Bill Belichick coaches against this against us. Because listen, there were times in the past when we've had games against Bill Belichick and the Patriots, and Bill Belichick just absolutely out coached us. Like I like the embarrassment he gave to Adam Gaze last year on Monday night. What was absolutely mm-hmm. ridiculous. I mean. That was the game, unfortunately, when Sam was seeing ghosts. But now, but now Joe Flacco is getting the next opportunity to, 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 to basically get, get a chance for us to get, to get our first W. Listen, we're 0-8. Yeah. I understand the fans, you know, saying we need to tank, we need to tank, we need to go 0-16. Listen, it's just, listen, I, 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 I just don't want to see it. And, and honestly, it's a fear right now that, I, that I'm fearing. I just want I just yeah. want it to win, man. That's what I want. Yeah. Yeah, you, you you know, and you're speaking the truth, Steve. I want to see at least, you know, I, I, I'd like to see more than one or two, but I'll take that over over an over season. I, I, I'll take I'll take one or two wins, but I think one of the keys to doing that is making sure that you get the ball in the hands of guys that are out there that can be playmakers. And one of those guys that I feel that we're not necessarily doing as much as we possibly could do to get the ball in the hands of that player is Mims. I think this is a game where we should see Mims heavily involved within the offense, and there should be significant efforts to make sure that we do whatever we can to make sure that this kid, you know, sees a, a, a ton of targets. Am I correct with that, Steve? No, uh, no, no. You got – yeah, and this is the thing, though, too. If Daryl Loggings, is he, if, if he's really going to call the, this game on Monday on the offense, yeah. he's got to give Denzel Mims the ball more. you got to give yeah. Mims a chance. Listen, he is a rookie. Let me, let me tell you, last week he made some stuff. Sparking, sparking plays in Kansas City last week. Even though we got killed in Kansas City last week, hey, listen, there were times where Mims in the first half. I mean, that 42-yard catch he made, he made in the first in the first half, right before the end of the first quarter, that was a great catch mm-hmm. he made. I want I want to see Mims get a chance. And listen, the one thing I also did like about the game was even though he did struggle a lot in, in his debut starting. Unfortunately, Ash, I want to see Ashton Davis get his chance on the on the, in that defensive secondary because no one's really given a chance, you know, talking about Ashton Davis. Listen, Ashton Davis struggled last week, and listen, Kansas City oh, was did. a high-powered offense, but he is a high-powered offense. But you're talking about now going into this game against New England. I, I would like to see Ashton Davis make an impact in this game. Listen, and and, yeah. and the thing is, is that. That listen, I think Ashton Davis has a lot of potential to be a very good football player. We just got to give him more reps. But listen, we're gonna see. We we got to see what happens Monday night. Yeah, yeah, we do. You know, and, and it's great that you brought up Ashton Davis, Steve. Because let me tell you something. Last week, we watched him get spun around. <laughs> he got spun around on a play. I think it was Tyreek Hill that came out on a on yeah. a route and it turned him around, and it was and, an and easy listen, six yo, to Tyreek. I mean, he you know. But he's a young, he's a young you player, he's a rookie player. Kid, you know you I mean? can't listen, Joe. You can't blame the kid on that. Okay, listen, listen. The kid well, is a rookie, and he's gonna learn. Yeah, he's he a rookie. Is a yeah. rookie. Yeah. He's a rookie. Yeah. He's gonna learn. And you know what? 
The one mm-hmm. thing I did like what Ashton Davis did, at least, he did make an effort. It's just, listen, Tyreek Hill is, is a fast dude, okay? Listen, Tyreek mm-hmm. Hill is fast, and he's incredibly good. But now, okay, yeah. but then you were talking about earlier, too, with the Patriots defense. I mean, listen, last year the Patriots had one of the best defenses in football, and they also have the current player on in that secondary who was last year's defensive MVP and Stephon Gilmore. Now, the thing is, listen, Gilmore is not really having the season that he had last year, but he is still a very dangerous veteran quarter, cornerback. And and the thing is, is that he can definitely make plays. I mean, last year, he absolutely made big plays in the Monday night game last year we had against when we, when we played against New England. But it's just the thing yeah. is what I look forward to in this game is I want to see the rookies and the young players get more reps. Like, like hopefully we'll get a chance to see uh, Jabari Zinga or the guy we drafted from Florida. I want to, hopefully we get him out there, hopefully for the first time. Maybe there's a chance yeah. where Bryce Hall will finally make his debut. I really want to see the young players play. And listen, I don't want to be embarrassed on Monday night. I want to see the Jets mm-hmm. go out there and give it their and give it their all. We'll, we're we're we'll, we're going to see what happens Monday night. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Of, what are your three keys to victory, Steve, for the New York Jets? The three keys for the Jets to win this game is. I think you need to have a really good running game against the Patriots defense. I mean, I don't know how good their run defense is, but I think that's one of the things you need to do. Number two, you got to make Cam Newton uncomfortable. Like, this is a game where the Jets defensive line and the Jets linebacking crew pressure on Cam Newton. Like, listen, yeah. I understand Cam Newton can run with the ball, but listen, you got to make him uncomfortable. Because, listen, this year he's been absolutely terrible throwing the ball. I- I've watched his highlights in some of his games, and he's been absolutely horrific throwing the ball this year. So that's another thing. And the third thing is for the Jets is you can't make mistakes. No turnovers. you got to start off fast. Yeah. So with that said, Steve, what is your final – score prediction for the Jets against the Patriots. Okay. Now, for those of you Jets fans that are out there that are listening to this right now on the Long Beach Joe Show, you may call me crazy, but I believe that this is actually going to be a trap game for New England. I think we (laughs) do come out of this game with our first win. I'm going to predict that the Jets will win. I'm going to go 20-14 over the Patriots at home. Why would you? Why is it a trap game, though, Steve? Everyone's all been saying that this week that it could be a trap game for New England, for New England. Okay. And the reason reason I'm thinking is because listen, the Jets are playing for some desperation. Obviously, after this week, we yeah. go on the bye week. Listen, I may be right, I may be wrong, I may be wrong, but this is what my prediction okay. is for for the, for the Monday game. Okay, give your your prediction again. The scores would you would you say the score was 20, again? 20 to 14. 20 to 14 the Jets win. Okay, 2014. Yeah, give it to him again. <laughs> 20 to 14, Steve calling the Jets. He's the first person tonight to predict the Jets victory. Yo, Steve, it you know, salute to you, salute to you. Again, I want to thank you for calling in, man. It was great to talk to you tonight. 
hey, Joe, listen, we'll, hopefully we'll get that W, man. Hopefully. Let's pray, man. Yeah. Hopefully we will, man. Right, it's good to talk night. to you tonight. You have a good night. Good night, man. Woo. Listen, Steve calling in, calling the Jets victory. Damn, the Patriots going to overlook us. He thinks it's going to be a trap game. You know, I mean, you know. I don't know. You know, it, it's it's tough. You look at this situation here. They're two and five. We're zero and eight. They know we're starving. They know we're starving. They're usually well prepared. We'll see. We'll see. But I'm gonna get back to the to the savages in the chat really quickly. Salute to Steve again. Thank him for calling in. Uh, Rudy in the chat. Salute to you, Rudy. Rudy says Cam Newton is playing for his career. We've had trouble with m- mobile QBs all year. I would like to be optimistic, but this could get ugly. I don't know why the NFL didn't flex the Jets game out of prime time. Hey, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, but I see your point there, Rudy. Uh, we have, you know, quarterbacks that can move hell. You look at what happened with Josh Allen. It was a guy that was getting out of the pocket constantly and extending plays with his feet. We had issues stopping him. So, you know, I, I just, I just think we've got to put, find some way to put some pressure on him. We got to find some way to put some pressure on Cam Newton and make sure that, you know, he has a long day. We've got to find ways to get after him, whether it's sending blitzes or getting, you know, getting outside, you know, getting out, getting pass rushers outside and really getting after him. We've got to do something like that. We've got to do something like that. Bayo in the chat. Yo, salute to you, Bayo. You know what I'm saying? Good to see you in here, my my friend. Bayo says, Gaze needs to relinquish play calls and give it to Greg, <laughs> Greg Williams. He, he wants that Gaze out of here. Uh, Bale, he's already relinquished, you know, to Daryl Loggins. I, you know, I know you want him out of here, but I don't know if the Jets are going to fire him before the year ends. I would like to see him gone, though. I would. Uh, you, you, you talking to the right guy because I want to see him gone as soon as possible. But, you know, again, salute to Bale. Good to see you in here, my friend. Uh, listen, I'm going to go into my prediction. I'm going to talk about, you know, what I think is going to happen in this football game. I look at this situation. Quentin Williams, again, he's dealing with the injury. It's looking like he's not going to be playing, so he's going to be out. We all know Sam Darnold, you know, not he's dealing with his injury, shoulder issue, so he's going to be out. So we got Flacco starting. You know, our wide receiver core, we're getting Crowder back. Mims is still there. You know, I'm looking at this situation. I'm saying offensively, we've got to come out and we've got to start fast. We've got to. Uh, we've got to make plays, and we've got to get in the end zone. I think that's been a really big issue, um, you know, in, in our games. Our inability to – you know, turn things into six. We've got to get in the end zone. We've got to score TDs. And not just that, we've also got to get our third down conversions together. We've got to move the chain. We've absolutely got to move the chain. All right? Uh, we can't stall on drives. We can't stall when we get into the red zone. We've got to finish our drives. That's what we got to do. I think that's a big key is finishing drives if you're New York Jets offense. Uh, I'm very concerned about the second half adjustments as well offensively. We looked horrific. I'm talking about horrific uh, this year coming out after the half. And you're going up against the masters of adjustments. That's just what they do. If we are not on our P's and Q's, if we do not dot our I's and cross our T's, we'll be finished against the Patriots. Whether it be Monday night, Sunday night, any damn night, they'll kill us. You know, so we've got to make sure that that's together. Because, again, this is on the national stage. We're going to be the only ones playing. (laughs) So everybody's going to have eyes on you. You know what I'm saying? So. You know, we've got to make sure that our offense is together. Uh, P. Ryan definitely got to get the ball in his hands more. Uh, Mims, there should be a concerted effort to make sure that we get the ball in the hands of that young playmaker. That kid has shown some real promise. But you can't have him out there and only give him two catches for the day 
and then kind of throw your hands up. You know, you can't look at P. Ryan and go, yeah, you're a fresh, young set of legs, but, you know, we'll just keep on handing the football over to, you know, Gore, who's a damn near 40-year-old running back trying to run him into, you know, the ground. I mean, it's just insane. you you got to be going crazy if you think that that makes sense. So P. Ryan, Mims, those are two young guys that we should definitely see with the football in their hands quite a bit. And you can go to our defense defensively. Uh, again, we've got to find some way to get some pressure on Cam Newton. We've got to. And we've got to also be very careful because, again, you know, we all know that Cam's a thrower. He can throw the football. He is still, a, you know, a veteran quarterback in this league that can make plays with his arm. But we all know that Cam can definitely make plays with his feet. And, not, you know, he's not afraid. He's not afraid to lower his shoulder and go at it. We've seen him do that throughout his entire career. He'll lower his shoulder and go try to run over a corner or a safety or anybody. So we've got to be very careful about over-pursuing him because then lanes will open up, he'll take off, and we'll have some of the same issues that we had against Josh Allen, and we do not want to see that. Um, I'm very con- also very concerned about their running back position, guys that can come out the backfield. I talked about him earlier, Burkhead, Harris, uh, who's dealing with an injury. I know he's uh, he might he might play, but even if he doesn't, you still got – uh, you know, Burkhead and White, those guys can come out the backfield and catch the football. And we've seen our linebacking core struggle. And this was before we traded, uh, you know, Avery Williamson. We saw them struggle with guys that can do that. So we got to make sure that we have that, you know, together. And I don't know how we can do that, whether it be, you know, maybe we allow Marcus May to cover some guys or something like that. But we cannot have us getting cooked by their, you know, their running back coming out of the backfield and scoring. So we've got to be very careful. And even though, again, you know, Harry is, is out, Neil is out. You know, they still have some guys that can move and make plays. Our secondary's got to be together, especially when you look at Pierre Desir, who's been getting cooked uh, consistently. Every single game, he's getting fried, and it doesn't really matter who it is. So <laughs> it doesn't matter. Big name, no name, it does not matter. He is getting fried. Pierre Desir's got to step up in this football game. So this secondary's got to have it together. So with all that said, I am taking – I am taking the New England Patriots to beat the Jets 17 to 14. 17 to 14, 17 to 14. I think this game is actually close and I think it comes down to the very last like couple minutes in the fourth quarter and the Patriots get a, you know, a solid drive, they come down, they kick a take a field goal and win the game. You know what I'm saying? So 17-14, I'm giving it to the Patriots. I can't stand them, but you know, it is what it is. I'm calling the game for them. You know, it's tough. Look, all right, all right, all right, all right. All right, you ain't got to come at me like this. I'm just giving you my take. 17-14, I think we fight. You know, I think we come out and we look, you know, more competitive than we did in the last game. But I just don't think that, you know, I just don't think that we take it. I think the Patriots take it. All right, y'all ain't got to keep booing me. You know what I'm saying? Y'all ain't got to keep booing me. I'm just giving you my take and giving you my thoughts. So, with that said, again, I want to thank everyone for calling in tonight. You folks are the absolute greatest. I loved speaking and talking football with y'all tonight. Salute to all the savages in the chat as well. Listen, I'm the man of the people. I am here for the people. Let me shamelessly promote my Facebook page. Everyone go on Facebook, search The Long Beach Joe Show. Like that page. My content's up there. Go ahead and give it a listen. Message me. I'll message you right back. Also, leave me some feedback. I love hearing about what you folks think I do here on the Long Beach Joe Show. I'm also on Twitter as well at YoungJ000 or 30s. Go ahead and follow me. I'll follow you right back. You want to troll me? No issues. I'm the troll that lives under the bridge. I will have my Darnold jersey on, and I will troll you right back as well. You can also follow the show's Twitter page on the Long Beach Joe. Go ahead and follow that. I'll follow you right back. I love going back and forth with folks about, you know, the Jets and everything. I'm also on YouTube as well 
at Long Beach Joe Jets. Long Beach Joe Jets, you can go there. Uh, people, all of my content every there, you know, all of my lives, I live stream on there as well, too. And if you want to troll me on there as well, you go on my comments, troll me, and I'll troll you right back. You know what I'm saying? We can go back and forth. Please subscribe as well uh, if you're on my YouTube as well, too. You know, I love connecting with everyone. And as always, people, when you see me in person, it is arms out, chest open, free hugs for everyone. Free hugs for everyone, you know what I'm saying? Especially in this time, you know, you know <laughs> tough times. Tough times being a Jets fan. You know, we're not the greatest football team right now, but we're getting it together. You know what I'm saying? We're getting it together, and we're going to get there hopefully soon, all right? But in the meantime and in between time, the hugs will continue to be free, all right, folks? I want you folks to have a good one. Peace. Peace. <laughs>